There is nothing worse than untapped potential. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely the place for you. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I am your host, Lachelle Weemy. And today we get a chance to talk to my friend, my coach, Debbie Heiser. You guys, she is a chief igniter. And Debbie, I'm going to let you like take over exactly what that means um, because you do a better job than I do. So tell me what the chief igniter means. <laughs> well, thank you, Lachelle, first of all, for having me on your podcast. It's um, a pleasure and an honor to do so. And what I do is um, my name is Debbie Heiser and I help entrepreneurs make a lot of money doing what they love without sacrificing what's important to them. So when I talk about Chief Igniter, I help people uncover what ignites their passion, what they feel like their spiritual DNA, what they're meant to do in the world um, comes forth so that they're ignited with this like fire to go forward and do in their life what they want to do, but also being a human being at the same time and being able to do those things that are important, whether it be family time, whether it be a hobby or a 5013C that they give their time and, and money to, but really uncovering both and looking at both the internal and the external as we go forward. So it's yeah. not just about yeah. putting together a business plan. Absolutely. And you're, so, yeah, you're so much even more than that. And that's why what I love about you, you guys. So I got to tell you, so Debbie and I connected because we were on a similar, uh, on the same platform to, to find and receive podcast guests. And so Debbie had, had reached out and she's like, I think we're, we'll be a good fit. We met and I'm like, okay, so this woman teaches servant leadership, which is like my jam, like servant leadership, as you know, is just like such a huge part of my heart. But you also are into all of the cool, like quantum physics, universal laws and how that it relates to scripture and all of the things that we could geek out on all, you know, all day long. <laughs> yeah, and this could be a three hour podcast. And brain science stuff, which is, you know, another passion that I have. And so when I found someone else that was able to mesh all of these things into it allowed me to just be like, oh my gosh, there's somebody else out there like me, right? But what's important is that I recognize that you were a couple steps ahead of me. And one of the things that I'll, I'll tell you guys the story, because I, I think it's important that, that you learn kind of some of the behind the, the, the scenes things so that you can really truly appreciate some of the, the lessons that Debbie's going to share with us today. So we met and so Debbie's like, okay, Lachelle, I'm having this retreat in Sandpoint, Idaho, and um, you need to be there. And I'd met her on Zoom like one other time. I'm like, oh, isn't that, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the polite Minnesota, like, oh, then that nice of you. Thank you so much. No, she's like, no, for real. Like, you're going to come. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, I would love to, but you know, I don't, I don't have I, my business, you know, I don't know if I have that in my budget and, and I still work at the hospital and whatever. And she's like, no, so you're, you need to be there. Um, this is your next step. And shortly after that, I found out that you were going to Paris for your business retreat. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you know, holy stinkers. Like this is, she's, she's where I want to go. She's going to be in Paris for what? How long were you there? Two weeks? Um, three. 
three weeks, three. Okay. So you guys like three weeks in Paris, like, let's be real here. Okay. So I'm like, all right, yep. I'm going because I knew that she was where I wanted to be. And so when you have someone that you connect with on a spiritual soul level, and you see that there are a couple steps ahead of you and you see that they're willing to like, hold out their hand and, and help you along, you cannot not say yes. And that's the thing that I learned in this, this experience with Debbie is that I had to learn to say yes, and then figure out the Mm -hmm. details later. And in our conversation that we had, when I did go to to Idaho, because I did, I went, I figured Mm -hmm. it out. Like I said, yes. And then I figured it out. And part of it was too, that she's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so I, I'm insisting that you stay with me. Um, the last night that you're here, I'm insisting that I bring you to and from the airport. Now, you guys, I have to tell you that I am a, like a really typical Midwesterner who cannot receive Jack, right? Like if somebody, I can't, I like, it's just like, oh no, thank you. And I could be like, just starving and you're offering me an apple. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Thank you. But no, thanks. Cause I, I want to be polite instead of eating the dang apple. So that was my first lesson. Like God allowed me to be mm-hmm. able to accept her invitation because I needed to learn how to receive. And in that process, I'm literally like got this vision of me, like, and I, if you guys are just listening to the podcast, I want you to imagine that I'm sitting here with like my arms open, open wide. And it's like, God has said, Lachelle, I have all of this abundance here. That's been sitting here waiting for you. All you need to do is receive it. And, and that was the first lesson. It's like, why would I say no to a person who's a couple steps ahead of me, who genuinely cares for me, who is, is, is wanting to invest in me. Why would I say no to that? And so I really, really want to inspire you guys because at that retreat is when I opened up my mind to think about ways that didn't have to be an either or a black or white. I was able to come up with different solutions that allowed me to to have options to, to literally step away from my 20 year career. And, and so I just, I want you guys to just recognize just how important Debbie is to me and, and all of this, because I think that the backstory is kind of cool. Don't you think? I think it's way cool. And you got a North Idaho experience because it was our massive car show. And so all these Canadians were there and we had a big picnic. And so you, you fit right into the community. I totally did. We, yeah, I, I absolutely felt like I was yeah. just one of the, one of the gang and, and, you know, you were so gracious for me, but I learned so much about receiving and I learned so much about, you know, how I can pay it forward to people who are a couple you know steps behind me. And yeah. And all of the things, but I, I just, I also want to say that one of the reasons too, that you stood out to me because I could work. I mean, I, I'm grateful that I have many, many friends that are coaches and I have many coaches. So, um, because of that, but one of the things that stood out to me, that's different about you is not only are you highly successful, right? You have this very successful business and you are adjunct faculty at Gonzaga for, you know, servant leadership, and you're doing all of these fancy things. One of the things that things that really stood out to me was that you make the decision to have a balanced life. So you live in North Idaho, therefore you choose to go skiing. What every single Friday in the winter? Pretty much Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. Okay, in the yeah. 
So, okay, let me correct myself there, guys. And this (laughs) is the thing that I want you to to listen to this because you can have on a life of abundance and not be hustling for the sake of hustling. And and that was literally where I was at. I'm like, I'm working a full-time career. I have a, you know, I'm building my business every spare moment I have. I have two kids that I love and my husband that I love that I, that I need to be present for them. And it was really just the life that you had that, that was appealing to me because I wanted to have all of these dreams that God was putting on my heart come true, but I didn't want to have to just burn myself into the ground to make that happen, which is, you know, I think why I love your message and why I love I think getting to know you too is one of the reasons why I fell in love with quantum physics as much as I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the universal Yeah. Laws. And thank you, Lachelle, because there's a whole lot there to unpack too, right? Because this idea of receiving, you know, I spent 20 plus years in corporate America as an executive and it's a very male dominated. Now I'm not against men. I, it's right. not a, a man woman thing here, but what was interesting is I learned to be in my action mode a lot. Mm-hmm. And so learning to open up and receive one of the first times that I remember choosing to look at it differently was my mother was the same. I grew up in the Midwest too, and lived in Kansas city for years. And my mother, <clears throat> excuse me, passed away at the age of 59 of breast cancer. And so we had all these people, she would rarely like never asked for help. And it, she came from a very, very poor family sharing one egg amongst four sisters, you know, didn't want to take any kind of handout kind of thing. And that's, that was her story. And so up until that time, we didn't receive anything, right. That was just a no, no, kind of like you're saying in a Midwest type of situation. But when I saw her realize that people wanted to help, They wanted to do something for her. And she physically was at that point where she's just like, I can't fight this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it allowed people to gift her. Now we kind of joked about it because I'd call and say, what's for dinner? Because half the time she couldn't eat anything because (laughs) it would upset her stomach, you know, but we'd all come in and have dinner and have these great family times. And so that gift that they gave us, it allowed me to see what it does to the person giving. Right. The joy that is offered when someone offers something. Now, I also understand we live in a world where you can't always trust that people are telling us the truth. Right. Now, it's right. not that they're consciously lying to us, but that culture of, oh, no, it's OK. Right. Or this or that. Or how are you? Oh, I'm fine. One of these days, if somebody asked me that, I'm like, do you really want to know? Because <laughs> know we right. Talk, right. Yeah. Because. We live in a world sometimes of niceties and we've all done it. I've said yes to things that I didn't want to say yes to. And then I became resentful about it. But now I try to live my life by some guiding principles that say I'm 100% responsible for myself and I'm 100% responsible to you, Lachelle. So I'm responsible for showing up as my best self, but I'm not responsible for how you react or don't react to something that happens. And realizing that then allowed me to see that when I, when I shut myself off from receiving, right. I shut off this ability for other people to feel joy, right. You know, to feel this, um, sense of like, contentment's not the right word, but like this sense that they have of of being able to provide for someone else. And, and I think about that and I think, wow, you know, for me, I'm a Christian and I think to myself, how many times have we heard how people will shut off and not receive the gift of Christ? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
it is the same thing. Right. And so that really opened me up. And I've always been what I feel like people have called me generous. I don't necessarily feel like I'm always generous, but I love to be able to gift people. That is my love language. And so whether that be in time, whether that be in having people spend the night at my house, you know, whatever it would be. And it was so funny because you called me and said, I booked my flights to Spokane. Now, how do I register? (laughs) And that was so cute. And then I'm like, yes, you have to stay at my house. And I purposefully did not tell Lachelle that she was going to be sleeping in my bed because my bottom floor is an Airbnb. But without the Airbnb section, I only have one bedroom. And so when we got home and I'm like, oh yeah, I've cleaned the the sheets are clean and you're going to stay up in my room. She's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, you're stuck because you're here. You know, I'm just going to say that you remember that wrong. Oh, okay. How did you interpret it? You told me that I was sleeping in your bed in front of a room full of like 20 other people. I did? I don't remember that. I'm sorry. You're like, oh, and and when Lachelle sleeps in my bed, I'm like, what? I agreed that I'd sleep at your house. Like now, now sleeping in your bed, that's a whole nother, like, I can't accept that, you know, but you guys like, this is the cool part. And, and I, I literally just, I want you guys to hear this too, because I think in our story, you get to hear so many lessons that come out of this. So Debbie and I both love the, the brain science that goes into, Mm. to living out our best life. Right. And a lot of that has to do with holding a vision for what that life looks like. Okay. And not only holding that vision inside of our brain, but allowing ourselves to feel what it would feel like as if it already happened. And I think that like, you know, it's not just that Debbie gave up her room. She gave up her bedroom that her, literally her king size bed, you guys faces the window that overlooks the lake in the mountains. (laughs) Like the view is like, (laughs) unlike any other view I've ever had. And I've stayed at some very nice places. I'll just say, but you allowed me to wake up and to see this and to feel it mm. and to know, and you allow me to also feel what it's like to be generous for someone else. Mm. And that's part of my future being as well. That's part of acting as if that's part of holding that vision. And so if I had said no and, and, and refused to receive, I would have missed out on all of those things. Right. Yeah, that's true. And it's a pretty spectacular view. And it's funny because when I tell people my bed is right in the center of my bedroom, they're like, what? And then they come see it and they're like, this was brilliant. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. Because it is, it's an, it's a spectacular view. And, you know, you kind of bring up something too, when it comes to receiving, we tend to live in one of the things that you talked about was kind of this black and white, right? And this, we live in this, it has to be either this or yes. this. yes. And I'm a firm believer it's and more yeah. like it doesn't have to be this or this. And so to your point about having a vision of what you want your business or your life to look like is important, but it's also important to keep your mind open to receive from God and universe, whatever word you want to use there, but for God to give you those messages, because what you have in your mind might be very different than what the plan is, right? Right. And I'm a firm believer in choice, but I I wasted a lot of years thinking it had to be this or this Mm -hmm. versus, oh my gosh, it's not even one of these two. It's this over here. And I being open to receiving that message and being willing to then step into 
into that versus saying, oh, well, it's not this and it's not this. And it's even as as close as thinking about, I have this expectation that I was going to be a grandmother like my mother was. Well, that's very different. My child is a boy. So I'm the mother of the son, right? And I wasn't the mother of the daughter and I was the daughter to my mother. So that looked a lot different. And my relationship with them is very different than my relationship was that my son had with my mother, but it's still just as rich. Right. Right. But had I tried to hang on to that, it's funny because I was involved in Al-Anon for many years and the statement has resonated with me for years around the fact that um, everything I've held on to, like everything I let go of has claw marks on it, <laughs> right? Like I try to hang on for so long and right. then I let go Right, right. and it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. A hundred percent. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at as I step into my next season, right? Because it's like, I'm hanging on to what's safe and comfortable, but it's not always what's right for me anymore. And as long as I'm hanging on to it with death grip, right? I don't allow myself to have an open hand to be able to receive what's next and to receive what's better. And I think that's, that's the thing, right? Like he wants to give us things, but if we're hanging on and we can't hold out our hands to be able to receive it, then we're kind of going to stay stuck. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also, when you say that I, two or three things just kind of resonated in my head. One is too, a lot of times, I mean, I grew up in the church and I was a youth pastor while I worked full-time at Citibank and as an executive. And that filled my cup. But I also have found there's a lot of messages too that I've received through the years that when I go back and look that aren't biblically sound, right? right? Like it, it, it does not say anywhere in the Bible to be like destitute, right? Right. Like it says he will provide everything that you need. Well, if I know that my calling is to help other people step into their calling and I want to open a foundation to help people that don't have the means to be able to do that. Right. Then I need money to be able to go do that calling. Right. Right. And so it's not people have these like weird connotations about what it means to have a million dollars or to have multi millions of dollars and that it's like these people that we see in media that we all act that way. Well, that's not the case, right? Right. right. There's a lot of good that can be done and you don't have to give it all away. And it doesn't mean that I live in a mansion, but yes, I live in a place that's comfortable and I love where I live, but all these messages and that's the brain science, right? Like uncurling those messages that come into our head that create the beliefs that then stop us and frankly, some of you listening to this might feel offended when I say this. And so I apologize. Lachelle has no idea what I'm about to say. But when we choose not to step into what God is calling us to do, that is like sticking up the middle finger at him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I cool. mean, and yeah. that's that's sometimes a tough pill to swallow, but that's frankly what it is. Yeah. And I spent a lot of my years doing that because of this or that or every excuse that I could right. find under the book. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um but when you step in, there's this like excitement and passion that yeah. happens and this sharing that occurs that to your point, you then just attract people that want that same thing. Right. No, a hundred percent. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned made me think of the the laws, the universal laws that you yeah. teach on. And so I believe it's the law of polarity. Yes. That tells us that something is this and this at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah. So 
you have readers or people that are viewing this and people that are um, listening to it. So I'm going to try to describe this. But if I held up a book, if I held up a card, I have these cards and one side has like a sunflower on it. And then that's what Lachelle sees and what everybody else sees if you're on YouTube. But I see something completely different and it's penguins with a saying on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that what you see is wrong. Right. But what happens in the law of polarity is an example. If you are <clears throat> excited about something, mm-hmm. then the opposite of excitement is there. And that's usually fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's right. the poles. That's the opposite sides. And everything has two sides, right? We have a front and a back. We have a right, right and a left. Everything has two sides to it. You can choose which side. Yeah that you want to go to. And it doesn't mean you have to go to extremes right. on either side, right. right? The fear is still there and you can choose to let the fear motivate you into excitement, or you can let the fear, you can choose the fear to make you spiral into the shadow and into the darkness of, right. you know, right. like, right. Oh, the critical parent, I should have done this or I didn't do this. Right. Right. You know, yeah. So that law of polarity happens with everything, you know, any choice that you go to make and the law of cause and effect really ties into this law of polarity Yeah, Yeah. because you're always in cause, always. Every action creates a reaction. Right. (laughs) Excuse me. So when you're in cause, it just depends on what effect you want. Mm -hmm. If you have a desire and you're doing something that goes against that desire, there's usually fear. That's the law of polarity. Right. And so you have to to look at that and say, okay, how do I do this? Now, interestingly enough, Lachelle, it shows up really slyly sometimes because sometimes it shows up in, and okay, let me back up the law of cause and effect. If you're not doing the cause to bring you to what effect you want or what mm-hmm. desire yeah. you have, mm-hmm. then you're stuck. Right. Right. This is the unstuck podcast. Right. So when we talk about being stuck there's usually some kind of resistance that's happening Mm. and it can come in a very subtle way that you're tolerating something. Okay. And I don't mean necessarily toleration in other people, Mm -hmm. but toleration, even in stuff like behaviors you're doing, or if you own a business, it could be a toleration of an employee. Mm -hmm. Um, The behaviors aren't happening, the culture, whatever it is. Right. 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 And typically, if you're tolerating something in one area of your life, you're tolerating something in other areas of your life. And it usually always reach, reaches back to a core wound that you have yeah. or a core fear. And that's that whole quantum physics and law of vibration and how we show up, right? Yeah. Whether And I, I've been using this like in servant leadership that I teach at Gonzaga, Dr. John Horseman, who created this um, course uses a spiral and he talks about it in a three-dimensional way. And so if you think about the spiral is going up and down this vibration and the law of cause and effect and the law of polarity all play into this on, do you want to vibrate at a higher vibration or do you want to vibrate at a lower vibration? And you have a choice when you're in that lower vibration, it may be asking someone for help. It may be taking the first step, even though it scares the bejesus out of you, right? Right. Like whatever it is, like God gives you that. We just have to be open enough to hear it. Right. 
Well, and I think like what made me think of the law of polarity and the, and why I wanted you to kind of segment into that yeah. is that when we talked about money and I think that money mindset is something oh, yes. that we oftentimes get stuck in. And so when I think about money, right, money is, you know, good and bad at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so it's really just what you decide, which side of it that you want to see. And the law of cause and effect allows you to take the money, right. And you can cause good things to happen with the money. You can absolutely. start the foundation, you can give it away. You can, you know, rise up to be able to do the things that allow you to make the bigger impact and to truly fall into your line with the desire yeah. that you have and the the purpose that you have. And so I just think that there's so many cool things that when we when we really look at the universal laws and the things that you that you teach, it allows us to be able to say, oh, like that's why that works that way. And yeah. oh, that's why it seems so simple and easy for them. Because I think that oftentimes if we can really embrace that that part of the world and the universal laws, it allows us to be able to have that ease that we can go into the life that we're meant to have, right? Absolutely. Because I think about even the law of vibration and how, you know, biblically it talks about shine your light. Well, that's the vibration. Okay. So Debbie, um, speaking of laws, I think the law of vibration is so fascinating. And I think that that really goes into kind of the ease of the life and, and all of that stuff that we were talking about. So explain a little bit about what that is and, and how we can apply that to our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to actually talk about two or three, because the interesting thing about the laws is they yeah. intersect so much that it's hard for me to just talk about one yeah, in, I love it. in specific, yeah. but the law of vibration, and, and I want to pull in for your listeners, because I, I feel called to, you'll hear me if you hear me on anything else, talk about the universe or spirit or God and ask people to choose what's there for them, because I feel really driven to attract people. Right. Right. And part of this is this law of attraction and the law of vibration. And biblically, it talks about shining your light, right? Like yeah. that's that yeah. whole idea of vibration and, and being able to have people see that vibrational energy that you have and, and want some of that, right? right? Which then leads into the law of attraction, because for me, I, I, I think about Christ as being a fisher of men. And that says, pull out bait, right? Like I'm not going to pull out a 22. Right. right. Like I'm not right. going to come at somebody. Right. Right. It's right. About laying out bait. And, and so this law of vibration and law of attraction really like all of the universal laws can be tied back biblically to sound biblical teachings that we've had for years. But when, when we vibrate at a certain vibration, right. people are then attracted to that because they want to understand and know, like you talking about, Hey, she's a couple steps ahead of me and I want to learn from her and, you know, do all this. Well, thank you. You made my head really big too, by the way, but <laughs> I appreciate all of the, the, thank you for all of the comments like when I think about that that's exactly like how I try to show up in the world and how I coach other people to show up in the world because that's what we're asked to do and so if I show up in a high vibration I'm shining my light other people will come towards it there will be some people that will run because they're afraid mm -hmm. Yep. That, that is yep. part of the nature. And part of these laws help me to step back and not take things personally. Right. Right. To understand that how someone reacts mm. is, is up to them. When I feel like I'm stepping into my spiritual DNA and I'm doing what I need to do, mm -hmm. if I've made somebody uncomfortable, then I, I mean, I don't want to be rude. Right. right. But I, 
I, I want to kind of create a little disturbance. And honestly, teaching servant leadership, that's part of what we talk about. One of the classes is foresight and strategy. And it's not really strategy. It's about uncovering and integrating your head and your heart and your body and your intuition mm -hmm. to foresee what's coming, right? Right. And so when we do that, it's, it's this whole idea of, I kind of lost my train of thought, sorry, but this whole idea of vibration and attraction, we have to slow down long enough to be able to integrate those things right? or we just fly right by. And that's the hamster wheel. And that's where sometimes we stay in this line of busy, mm, right? Oh, yes. we're really busy. Yeah. We're super busy. And I went to a youth conference one time and I can't remember the gentleman's name that spoke. He was a previous NFL football star. And he talked about how he had this acronym for busy and it stood for burdened under Satan joke. And to me, that is so true because what happens is when you're busy, you stay right here on this bottom line, right? For those of you listening, but you're called to, to be at this different place. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't let go of some of that busyness, but we're in our culture, we're addicted to the struggle and right. addicted to being busy all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it, makes it more difficult to go in the trajectory that we're called to go into. Right. Right. So, you know, I love that you're tying all of these things together. So like I said, one of the reasons that, that I was attracted to you was that you were doing all the things that I wanted to do, right? You were, you were making a difference in the world. You were sharing with people things that were allowing them to live out their full life, which is exactly why I'm here. Exactly why I show up every day. But you also have this ability to to not, you know, hustle for the sake of hustling and yeah. you're living that out. And so for the person who really just wants that, right, like how do yeah. they start to allow themselves to essentially attract the life that they are really desiring to live without having to struggle for the sake of struggling, I guess. Yeah. And a couple of things there, I do want to share, like there are seasons, okay. right? I'm not going to lie. My business doubled in six weeks. And so it became very clear to me that I needed some different systems than how I was doing business before. Right. So I've been in a hustle for a couple of months. It's starting to slow down. Right. Yeah. So there are times, so I don't want to give the impression that every day is like sunshine. <laughs> yeah. and roses, right. right? Because, <laughs> and there's times I have to do my financial stuff that I, you know, yeah. I pay accountants, but it's like, there's certain things you still have to do as a business right. owner. Right. Yeah. And so I don't want it to sound like it's just all unicorns, but so there are seasons, but if you're in that hustle all the time and that becomes the norm, then that is something you have to look at. Right. Right. But honestly, right. I have an easy button from Staples on my desk. <laughs> and I think I should get commission from Staples because I have bought so many of these and given them to people and yeah. suggested yeah. To people to get them. And the reason that I do is that it can be just that easy. It's just a choice. Now, it doesn't mean that there might not be some complications. It doesn't mean that there might not be some hard work that goes along with it. Right. But it, desire is causative. So the first thing you have to do is uncover what is it that you want? And I would bet 90% of the people listening to this podcast, when I say, what do you want? They can tell you all sorts of things they don't want. Right. But what happens is when you when you say what you don't want, then that's what you're focused on. Right. Just like I use this example up here in the Northwest, we use headbands that have flashlights on them, not the regular flashlight because we need both of our hands to do things. And I always say to people, when you have a headlamp on, mm -hmm. where do you go? Will you follow the light? 
Right. So wherever I'm focusing that headlamp is where I'm going to go. So the very first thing is you have to get really crystal clear on what you want. Right. And that desire, you know, there's a bunch of stories that we fight and I call those double binds and loyalty packs. The loyalty packs are usually to our mother or father figure and doesn't mean that you didn't love your parents. Right. And parents do the best they can, right. you know, most of the time. But it's like, we have these stories in our head that that's when the brain science comes in, but it truly is that easy to say, I'm going to take the first step. Mm -hmm. So talk about loyalty pact real quick for the people who have never, ever heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a contract that you make with someone. And so your parental figures, when you are a child, you can't live when you're a baby without a parental figure, someone to take care of you, to feed right. you, to change your diaper, do those things. And so we look to those people at that time as kind of like our God, right? Like they're who are keeping us alive. Right. And throughout our childhood, we learn things from them yeah. that we think are right or wrong. We learn things and have these messages in our head. So as an example, my mother, before she passed away, she swore that her getting breast cancer was due to the hormones she took. Now this was 15, 20 years ago. Right. And the stress of owning her own business. Okay. Well, I didn't realize I had a loyalty pact with my mother until about five years ago, maybe even four years ago, right. where right. I realized that deep down, I mean, these are deep down things mm -hmm. that I realized that if I had a successful business, I was proving her to be wrong. Mm. Right. So in this loyalty that I had to my mother, I didn't want to say that she was wrong. Right. Well, for her, that could have been her story. It's not right. mine. Right. Right. Yes. So we don't, we, it's almost like we subconsciously don't want to prove. We don't want to prove the people that we are loyal to wrong. So we just fall in line yeah. with their story and make it our yep. story. Yep. As an example, I have somebody that one day will be a client, I'm sure, but she is so afraid to step in because her parents were entrepreneurs and they struggled, 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 right? Because a lot of times we have money stories locked up in these things too. And so what happens is her parents have struggled all of their life as entrepreneurs. Right. And she was afraid if she stepped in and became successful again, she would make her mom and dad wrong. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's stepping yeah. in. like one of the things that I've noticed, and it's fun because I've, you've actually encouraged me to talk to my mom about this, which is funny yes. because my perception was different than her perception, which is cool. <laughs> but I had it in my mind that my mom has always said, like, go to college, get a good job. My mom didn't go to college. So she, you know, was very adamant that we go to college, we get a good job. So I have all of this education, my, my undergrad, my master's, my doctorate. And I, it's crazy to think about going out of my field of work that I've gone to school yeah. for to be an entrepreneur, right? Because if I step out and do that, it's like, I'm proving her wrong that there's other ways that I can make a living, a good living that don't have everything to do with going to college and getting a good job. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and, you know, and just to, to, to pit, you know, pivot off of that. I had a conversation with my mom and she's like, no, I think that it's amazing. Everything that you're doing. I, I wish I had the courage to do everything that you're doing. So it really wasn't a bad thing, but I had perceived that if I didn't just use my degree, that it was bad. And so yes. I think that if you have the opportunity to have those conversations, like that's powerful in itself, right? It's so powerful, Michelle. And yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because we have the ability to change the story. Yes, 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 yes. 
Yes. And that's exactly what you did. I had the same thing happen with my dad, you know, and it impacted, I, I thought my dad was never there. When I was born, he was at boot camp. It was the end of the Vietnam War. And I'm aging myself. And he was at boot camp and my mom had me. And I never heard stories that my dad was around. So I just thought he wasn't there, mm -hmm. that I was with my grandmother and my mom. Yeah. Up until October of last year, when I said to him, I don't know that much about you. Like, tell me your perception of when I was born, what happened? And he's like, well, 48 hours after you were born, I was there. Your grandma picked me up in Fort Scott, Kansas and drove me to the hospital. I'm like, what? I've never, for 55 years, I yeah. had never yeah. heard this, Lachelle. Yeah. And so, and it impacted my marriage. It impacted how I showed up in the world. And I mean, it, it's amazing how those stories and even stories that are told throughout time, right? It's the telephone game. They shift through yeah, time. Absolutely. So I was able to change that story, just like you were able to change that story that your mom had an expectation that you did something with a degree versus doing what you're doing to make an impact in the world, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And then you mentioned, how cool is that? I know it's amazing. And that's just it. Like we get a chance to rewrite our stories and, yeah. you know, you can change not only the dialogue that you have with people that, that, that bring those, those stories into your subconscious, but you also can to choose a way to perceive this story. You get to choose yeah. again. And I think that that's what's so powerful. And you also mentioned double binds. So why don't you tell us what those are? Yeah. So a double bind is similar to a loyalty pact, but what it is, is you say you really want something, okay. but deep, deep down, there's a different desire that gets in the way. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So I have for the last five or six years, I have struggled with my weight. Now, part of that is my age. I get that. Mm -hmm. And I have said, I want to drop this extra 30 pounds that I'm carrying around. Mm -hmm. I really, I have a desire to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm making some changes to try to make that happen. But ultimately, because guess who I look like at her age, yeah. right? I look yeah. like my mother and I want to be like my mother. Yeah. So yeah. deep down, I really don't want to lose the weight because I want to look like her. Mm -hmm. For some people, it can be a protection mechanism. It could be that they say that they really want to go be this in the world. They really want to go help other people impact their lives, but then they have this imposter syndrome. So it can work in the negative way too of this imposter syndrome of, oh, well, I don't have enough schooling or I don't have enough of this or I don't have enough of that. And then what really happens is their desire is to say small. When in fact, it really isn't. But until you become aware of it, you can't let it go. And how do you let it go? Just by yeah. becoming aware of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that requires you to sign guys. up with a client. No, <laughs> no and, and part of it is just choosing to step in, Yeah. right? Once yeah. you become aware of it, then it's like, okay, now I have a choice where before I wasn't aware. So I, I, I wanted this, but I couldn't figure out why I was stuck. Right. And then once I became aware of it and, and honestly, sometimes it takes a third party to make you aware of that and to ask the questions to create that awareness. Right. 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 These conversations that we have in our head around certain things. And so 
it's a constant thing. I mean, there are things every day that I am, I'm dealing this, dealing with this on, right? Like different areas of my life. Yeah. And so until I became aware of that, then I couldn't start to say, okay, you know what? There are 950 other great things about my mother that I can choose to be like that instead right. of have 38 pounds right. on my body. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I, I just think that examples sometimes really help. So I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to use this as an example because it's, um, Good. it doesn't have anything to do with me or you. So yeah. th- this will be easy. So let's just say that you're someone who is a, a mom and you're really being called to, to start a business or to run a business, mm-hmm. but you have this mindset that a good mom mm-hmm. spends all of her time playing with the kids. So a good mom wouldn't you know, go off and, you know, start this business. And so it's like, you kind of have this, this, is that, would that be an example of a double bind? Yeah. Michelle, thank you. Because really to make it simple, it's expectations. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's, if I'm expected, so your loyalty pact with your mother could also be considered a little bit of a, a little bit of a double bind, right? In the fact that this expectation is out there. So if I have this message that it's not okay for me to go make a lot of money because I've heard I need to be humble and be poor. Right, right. And be Mother Teresa. Now, Mother Teresa was a fabulous woman and she had a role in this world and right. that was her right. role. Okay. But if if I'm then comparing myself to her and saying, oh, I can't go do that because then I'm going to be thought of this way. Right. Right. That's that message that binds us and we say, oh no, I don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. Right. Right. And so, and it's very subtle. Some of them are obvious, but some are very subtle. So yes, that's a perfect example of a working mom that, um, or a mother that wants to go out and start a business, but they feel like they're supposed to be at home all the time with their kids and give everything to their kids. Right. No. Yeah. And that's, so then it's that's hard because so then what it happens is I'm guessing that when you have a double bind that you can't succeed in either one of them because they're both energetically no. tying themselves so to, into this neutral place. So you can't be like a hundred percent present mom because you have this little desire over here and you yep. can't be a hundred percent like business owner. Cause you have this struggle over here. And so if we can allow ourselves to release that double bind, yep. then we can actually see both you can of them move forward. fruition, right? Absolutely. And here's the deal, Lachelle, anytime you feel guilt or shame, yeah, there's usually a double bind happening there because the expectation of, okay, if I'm a working mom and I'm supposed to be home with my kids, then I'm feeling guilty when I'm at work and therefore I'm not as productive as I could be. Right. And then when I'm at home, I'm thinking about work stuff. Right. Then you're never present. Right. And so it's about also looking at those situations. And I look at it. I was, I worked the entire time my son was there. I traveled some too. And, you know, there's really good things that he learned about that. I'm sure there's some negative things, right? Like because of the law of polarity, there's both, but it's about then choosing to say, okay, well, my child learned that it's okay to live without me, right? Like he learned to be able to do some things independently that maybe other kids didn't right? or, you know, like. And it's choosing then to see the positive things that come out of that. And I'm not talking positive toxicity. Right. Right. But I'm talking about choosing to look at, my friend has a saying that says stuff, well, she calls it something else, but I say stuff just goes my way. I, I love and, that. You can say shit. It's fine. Okay. Shit just shit goes just my goes way. way. <laughs> SJGMW, right? Like shit just goes my way if I choose it. Yeah. And yeah. 
<laughs> it truly is a choice, mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't understand why we're making the choice that we make. Right. But I will tell you anytime there's a loyalty pact or a double bind involved, there's guilt and shame involved. Right. And, and that's a, that's an easy warning sign. And I think like, you know, to kind of like, kind of tie our conversation up, right. Is I think yeah. that like you can get into the flow into, mm -hmm. to where you're meant to be in, in more of an ease and less of a struggle. If you can set down some of the things that are weighing you down. And I think that sometimes Absolutely. we have to work through some of the muck and to have that awareness. And that's where a coach comes in, honestly, to help us see our blind spots. That's why yeah. people hire me. That's why I hired you is to help me see my blind spots so that I can let down some of the sandbags that are holding me back from really getting into flow and stepping into that. And I think that that oftentimes literally is just a releasing of some of these energetic binds and the programming binds and the things that, that, that literally are holding us back without our awareness. Yep. And once you become aware and can let those go, it's like, then you can step into this whole new vibrational plane. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you step into then what you're called to do. It doesn't mean that you're not going to run into more double binds and more loyalty packs, right? right? They, right. they continue yeah. to uncover and it's a journey, mm -hmm. but yes, it allows you then to move forward and you let go of the guilt and the shame. Mm -hmm. You start to trust yourself. So instead of asking 15 people about a decision you'd like to make, <laughs> you make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. Because you trust yourself. Right. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. You guys, I hope that you're getting something out of this because I just, I adore Debbie and all the work that she's doing. She's, a, she's a, amazing. And I love that you model for me still like you, mm. I got to witness you doubling your business. I got to yeah, see what you were you. doing and it was so fun because you were coming alive and it's just, it's so much fun to watch you. So is there anything else that we haven't had a chance to talk about before, you know, we wrap up our conversation? I don't think there's anything we haven't talked about. The The thing I would tell you is that it's so critical to just get really crystal clear on what the desire is, because if not, you start throwing noodles up against the wall, hoping yeah, the stick, totally. that becomes the scurry and the hustle. Yeah. So how, so I, I wanted to talk about that because it's so important. What if somebody says, Debbie or Lachelle, I don't know what I want. What if you did know? Because <laughs> here's what I will tell you, Lachelle. I say that to people yeah. because here's yeah. the deal. They do know. Mm -hmm. They're just yeah. afraid yeah. to voice it. Yeah. So a lot of times yeah. I'll say, what if you did know? And then I just shut up. And it's amazing what will come out of people's subconscious. Yeah. When they're given the permission to say, you do know. Yeah. Without judging. In a it. way. Yeah. Right. In a way that's not confrontational. So I don't say, well, you do too know. It's what yeah. if you did know? Yeah. That's NLP at its, at its best right there, you know, and, yep. and bringing that subconscious, you know, out. And I love that. So if, if you, the hard you, part is Lachelle yeah. is that yeah. we've learned not to trust ourselves. Yes. Yeah. We've learned not to trust our intuition. So turn that around and start trusting your intuition because the more and more you trust your intuition, right. The more and more you'll trust yourself. And that's a hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, you know that I'm a woman of faith. And so I trust mm -hmm. God a wholeheartedly. I just don't always trust my ability to, <laughs> to hear him. Right. Right. And so, you know, what would you say? But see, here's the deal, Michelle. If, if you, I'm sorry, I got to cut in because the, the thing is, is that when you have a desire placed on your heart, God is a God of clarity. He yeah. is not a God of confusion. Right. When confusion is there. That's something else. Right. And the universe is an ordered universe. You look at nature, yeah. you look at the universal yeah. laws, they are ordered. Right. And yeah. so when you have this desire put on your heart, 
you choose to put yourself into confusion mm-hmm. because it scares you. Right. So what happens is when you move forward and, and you own it mm-hmm. and you say, I have no idea how I'm going to get here, God. And like, I know that he gives me more than I can handle because I need to rely on him. Right. It's right. not that he, gives me, he doesn't, I hate that saying when somebody says, oh, he only gives you what you can handle. Well, that's crap. He gives me more than what I can handle so that I rely on him. Right. And right. God is for right. me, who can be against me that, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I quote that scripture. And so like <clears throat> when you step into that and right. you're clear and you have a desire and trust yourself that that desire that's been placed on your heart is the desire that's come from God. Then you move forward. Yeah. And that you trust that he will show you the way and you take one small step and trust at a time until all of a sudden you're there. Absolutely. Cause we try to, we try to look at step number hundred. Yes. Right. And step number 100 is 100 steps away. And then people get overwhelmed and scared and freak out and they don't do it. Yeah, totally. If you just look at the first step, that's why I said to yeah. you, your first steps to come to the event, right? Like just come <laughs> to the event. The next step will show up, right? And yeah. then the next step shows up after that. And then the next step and then the next step. Right. But we can't right. be so afraid. Right. And I'm not saying don't have a vision for something, but like you can't because you have to have the vision, but don't right. think you have to have step 300 figured out. Right. You don't. Right. And I think that if you can take a moment to reflect on all of the time that you did trust, your intuition and be able to prove to yourself that that actually did lead you to where you're supposed to go. It'll give you a chance to have that. So, okay. Um, all of my conversations always, always end with a question that I ask my guests to, to, to present to the audience, just to, to have them think in a way that is going to help them get unstuck. So what would you ask the audience to, to think about? I would ask them to look at, um, different sections in their life and answer the question. What do I want? I love it. Thank you so, so much. You guys, if you haven't already, make sure that you are checking out the show notes. They have all of the ways to connect with Debbie. If you want to work with her directly, if you want to follow her journey, do all of the things she has a podcast herself and it's, it's amazing. You guys, so make sure that you check out the show notes for Debbie. And if you haven't already post this episode on your social media, take a screenshot, show it in your stories, let everybody know all of the amazingness that Debbie shared with us today. Make sure that you write a review. And we are so grateful that you chose to spend a little bit of time with us today. Debbie, thank you so much for showing up on the Unstuck Podcast. Thanks for being in my life. I love you, adore you. And you guys, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Untuck Podcast. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.